every woman has a birth story to tell. This podcast is our birth story. The birth story of how each of us became midwives. Our journey to midwifery. I'm your host, Amber Wilson, a doctor midwife. And each episode, I'll take you on another journey to hear the stories of midwives all across the globe. Listen to each tell the story of their personal journey. Listen to the words of how each was birthed into the field of midwifery and listen to the stories of trials and tribulations along the way and the love and passion each holds for midwifery. Okay, hey listeners. Today on our podcast, we have Andrea, who's a certified nurse midwife practicing in Minneapolis. So hi, Andrea. I'm glad to have you on our podcast today. Thank you. Um, Can you just Start by telling us how long you've been practicing as a CNM and what year you graduated, and then we'll get into all the nitty-gritty. Sure. I am a certified nurse midwife practicing in Minneapolis. I graduated from Frontier with my Master's um, of Science in Nursing in June of 2018, and I started transitioning from a labor and delivery nurse to a certified nurse midwife midwife role uh, last November. Okay. So at the time of this podcast, just under a year, you've been in practice. Okay. Um, So share with us before you ever started school, um, obviously you were L&D, but what made you at that time, I'm going to ask you why you wanted to be a midwife before you started school. And then now that you've been in practice at the end of the interview, we're going to go into why you're a midwife now. So think back to when you applied, when you said, I want to do this. What is it that made you want to be a midwife? Well, my story actually goes back a really long time to before I was even a mom. Um, I, when I was pregnant with my first child, I was teaching early childhood family education. Um, I had an early childhood special education degree and had been teaching for several years. Um, and as I started researching practitioners in my area and who I wanted to deliver my baby, I discovered the role of the certified nurse midwife and I thought then, um, over 19 years ago now, I need to do that. That is what I'm here to do. And at the time, like I said, I was teaching early childhood family education. So I was sort of helping new families navigate the birth to five time. And I really saw midwifery as sort of the the step before that. And um, I'd always been really fascinated by human development and child development and pregnancy and knew that the only thing I ever wanted to do was be a mom. So it um, at that time seemed like this is this is what I'm going to do. And I had no idea 19 years ago that that would be sort of my life's work becoming a midwife. But Mm -hmm. here I am. So did you pursue your RN degree with the goal of becoming a CNM? Yeah. So at that time when I was pregnant with my first child, I was still teaching and I just first needed to figure out how I was going to become a nurse. Um, So I taught for a few years, had another baby. Um, After my second child was about a year and a half, I stopped teaching to stay home with my kids and sort of saw that as like the door is now finally swung wide open for me to pursue a nursing degree. So I actually looked at the University of Minnesota had an accelerated um, bachelor's program, a post-baccalaureate program for people who already had a 
a four-year degree in something else and we're transitioning to nursing and I remember coming home from that appointment and it was a 15-month like super fast super intense program um, and I was super excited and my husband was like you wanted to have these babies like do you really want to spend all of your time focusing on this and I was like you're right I don't want to do that so um, I spent a little more time just being home with my kids and then found a program at the College of St. Catherine, uh, St. Catherine's University now in St. Paul, Minnesota, that um, was a little slower paced. It was evenings and weekends. It was a three and a half year format that allowed me to do my prerequisites and my nursing coursework all in the evening and weekend format. So I was home with my kids during the day and then um, went to school evenings and weekends and my husband was home. So it was a perfect fit for me to get through my nursing degree. Mm -hmm. I actually graduated with my nursing degree in 2008, um, December of 2008. So right after the economy crashed, there were no jobs. Everyone was on a hiring freeze, uh, but I had had a post-baccalaureate sponsorship. So they had given me about $15,000 um, in tuition to, in exchange for a uh, work commitment. So mm -hmm. it was specifically for people who were second second career nurses, um, because we bring experience and value to the nursing field that you know a new grad just doesn't have necessarily. Mm -hmm. So fortunately, I had made that commitment, and they offered me a job in orthopedics or solid organ transplant. So I took a job in solid organ transplant, and I was a transplant nurse at the University of Minnesota for four years. Um, got tons of wild and crazy med surge experience, and then was finally able to, in 2012, um, September of 2012, I transitioned to labor and delivery at the University of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So it, it took me even a long time just to get to um, my nursing license and then um, to labor and delivery. So mm -hmm. I, I practiced labor and delivery for a few years before I applied to midwifery school at Frontier. And um, yeah, I finished up last last year. So kind of started, you know, the, the first time that I want to be a midwife came across my lips was in 2000, the summer of, of 2000. And I graduated the summer of 2018. So it was a long journey, but mm -hmm. you got that. Totally worth it. So a couple questions on your um, path. What made you choose doing certified nurse midwife versus another midwifery path like a certified professional midwife? Um, I knew that I wanted to practice in the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, I, I actually, ironically, I trained most of my births um, in school were in a birth center, and it was a fantastic experience for me because I had spent – I work um, – I work at the University of Minnesota, so I work with a lot of, as a labor and delivery nurse, I'd seen a lot of um, high-risk birth, and mm -hmm. um, so I really wanted the out-of-hospital out birth as as a midwife student because I felt like there was a lot that I needed to learn about normal physiologic birth. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I knew for me and for my own comfort, uh, I needed to have that nursing background, um, I was really actually very thrilled to have the strong med surge background that I had. Um, 
you know, really helped me to have more confidence um, in managing emergencies and things like that. Just for my personality, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Um, and I really needed needed to have all of that information, all of that comfort, all of those skills and to really um, feel comfortable in the role. And that's what worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, what made you choose Frontier and did you consider any other schools? Yeah, so again, I looked to the University of Minnesota. It's really the only uh, midwifery program in my region. And again, it was this really intense, high paced, or, you know, fast paced program. I would have come out with a doctorate degree, um, but it would have been um, three years and a lot of money, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of money. And um, again, I had these wonderful people at home that I wanted to be able to still be involved and um, care for them and get to their programs in the evenings and be um you know, their mom while they were still home. So I chose Frontier because I was able to, um, I still worked at Point 8. I was the night shift charge nurse for two and a half years while I was going through midwifery school um, and worked nights, got up in the afternoon and did homework before the kids got home. And then, you know, spent many of my weekends. Fortunately, my, my core charge nurse role allowed me to only work a weekend every six weeks. So I had a lot of time um, Saturday and Sunday mornings while everyone was still stumbling out of bed to, you know, take tests and get things done. And it really allowed me to be present with my family. Now, how old were your kids as you were going through school? Their yeah. age range. Um, they, so while I was getting my nursing degree, they were, um, I started the fall when my son went to kindergarten, my oldest went to kindergarten and my second was like three. Mm-hmm. Um and then I graduated from my nursing program when my youngest was in kindergarten that December. So they were, you know, preschool age, early kindergarten. And then, um, see, my my oldest just graduated from high school last spring. So mm-hmm. it was sort of their middle school to high school years that I was in midwifery school. Mm-hmm. So probably a little helpful that they had some independence. Yes. They can make their own lunch. Yes. I know my my oldest, I never would have made it through nursing school if I had tried when he was home because he's one of those kids who just needs constant interaction, Mm -hmm. um, constant feedback. So I did have to sort of wait until he went to school before I tried to do anything. And but I always like to highlight this point of the interview because I think it's important that people realize it's midwifery school is not going anywhere. You right. can wait, do it when it's right for your family. And if doing it with three kids under three seems insane, um, it is a little insane. And I just wait until yeah. the time is right for you. I, I am so thankful that my husband, you know, twice really put the brakes on me and said, mm-hmm. you know, he, my, he never would have said, no, you can't do this. But he just yeah. said, is this really what you want? Yeah, The kids are only going to be kids once. This is only going to be your reality one time and do you really want to spend all of that time in school and I said you know you're right yeah thanks for sort of helping me really see that picture and here I am you know I've got adult children now my youngest is going to be 17 soon and my um, oldest is a freshman in college and you know I'm 
it's lovely. It's wonderful. I'm in a great place. And I was able to sort of keep all of the balls in the air um, because I've found programs that allowed me to really work at a pace that was manageable and to not have to put school above my family or work above my family. Um, and I, I'm so appreciative of those, those programs. Yeah. So I, Frontier is pretty popular for uh, midwives to run through, but just kind of briefly describe how their program set up as far as like online, how many campus visits, and were you a full-time, part-time student and how you managed work and um, clinical hours and things like that while you're getting through it? Sure. Um, I So I first did my prerequisites online through Frontier. Um, I think I had to take like a statistics class and uh, maybe an assessment class um, before I enrolled in the program. And then when you enroll, you go to Frontier um, to campus for a few days and it's fantastic because you get an opportunity to actually meet the, the people that you're going to spend the next, you know, however long that you're working through the program um, and spending a lot of time working with them online. But you actually have a face to the name. And fortunately for me, I met two midwives that were from the Minneapolis area and they've actually I'm having lunch with them Um later this afternoon or drink later this afternoon. And they are um, both practicing, just starting out practice as well. So it's been a great adventure as we sort of get Mm -hmm. all of our things together. Um, But they really helped me get through the program, allowed us to have, you know, people that were close in our area. And I think that especially people that are in, um, metropolitan areas you're, there probably are people in your area at frontier or who have recently been through frontier mm-hmm. so it's a great opportunity and then you go back for a skills day um at the end of your program before you go to clinical to really um, solidify those hands-on skills before you're out um, doing clinicals and now frontier does and you can correct me if i'm wrong but all your like classroom didactic stuff first and then you do all your clinical hours in one big chunk at the end. Is that right? Yeah. And, and that is, um, I feel, I felt like that was really an advantage. And honestly, a lot of my preceptors felt like that was an advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some programs, you know, my, my frame of reference, the university of Minnesota, they, those students are in the clinic right away their first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I think it really helped, and again, for my own learning, to really have all of the information before I tried to be in practice or, you know, Mm -hmm. before I tried to actually see patients. So, yeah. Now, when you got, um, really during the whole thing, but in particular, when you were at those clinical hours, how did you manage work, mom, clinical hours? Because it is a lot of hours you have to do in a short period of time. It is. And, you know, and that is where my fantastic partner came into play because um, and the fact that I had older kids who were a little more independent um, because there were definitely sometimes. So my first clinical site from October to the end of January, I only caught three babies and I really wanted to be done by that May. That was my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a lot of work to do that end of January through May And so that would mean sometimes I would leave on Tuesday afternoon and I would come home at midnight on Thursday, Um, you know, just 
trying to get it all in. I'd sneak a nap or, you know, a little stretch of sleep in a call room somewhere. Um, but that was really where my supportive family came in, was getting mm -hmm. me through those clinical times. Because I was, again, I was, um, I'd cut back to a point six and to 12 hour shifts by the time that I was doing clinicals. But I was definitely doing some, you know, between work and clinicals, 100 hour weeks, and it was a little crazy. Yeah. But we all made it. Um, always the big takeaway I take away from this part is how important your family support is when you're going through this. They, everyone has to be 100% on board. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so big money question. How did you finance your graduate education? Student loans. I'm going to pay student loans until the day I die, but it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, how long after you graduated did you pass your boards? Did you pass the first time, and what tools did you use to study? Sure. Um, I graduated, I think I finished all of my, my coursework on June 19th, and I passed boards on June 30th. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't want to wait. I'd spent so much time preparing for, um, the last course in the, the review course that I felt like everything was really fresh. Um, I did spend some time in the teal book and a little bit of time just reviewing my notes that I had taken throughout, um, school, especially mm -hmm. kind of focusing on different body systems and, um, yeah, I, I think just really preparing for the, I forget what the name, comps, the comps course, which is the final course at Frontier, um, really prepared me well. Uh, I did pass boards the first time, and yeah, I felt really, I felt, I mean, when I took the test, I felt like I'd failed. I was surprised that I'd passed, but, um, but I did. It, that was going to be my next question, is how you felt about yeah. boards. Oh, I was terrified. I walked out of there fully expecting that I had failed. Did you get your results right away? Yes. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. That's a good sigh of relief. Yes. So in Minnesota, how long did it take for you to get your license? I knew there was a job opening at my job or at my hospital. My the midwives had approached me in the middle of or beginning of July, shortly after I passed boards. And told me that they were going to have an opening and encouraged me to apply. So I applied pretty quickly. I think I had my license by the middle of August. And you said um, you were approached about applying for a job. Did you mm -hmm. do any active looking or is that all you did to find your job? You know, one of my clinical sites was also hiring and they had expressed a significant interest in hiring me, but when I heard about the job that was open at my hospital, um, I told them I wasn't really interested in, in applying um, and just kind of really put all my eggs in that basket because for me it really was my dream practice. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, in a – it's very much a community um, clinic type of setting. We, we have – a very diverse population, super supportive docs. Um, I obviously know the nursing staff really well in the hospital. 
And there's two main practices are my practice and then the University of Minnesota Physicians practice. And I, as being the charge nurse for several years, I knew all of the doctors, all of the nurses, you know, from both practices really well. So mm-hmm. for me, it was just, it was my dream job because I could um, be in this place where I knew every time I opened the door, there was going to be a familiar face. And, you know, these were people who know who I am and what, how I work and how, you know, what I know, it wasn't, I wasn't going to be coming into a place where they would think, oh, it's that new midwife. What is she doing? You know? Mm-hmm. So I felt like it was really kind of the most fertile ground for me to plant myself in, and um, so I did put all my eggs in that basket. Unfortunately, they um, they hired me. So, so how does your um, job look now? Like, what is your average patient load? What's your schedule like? How many hours a week are you actively working? Yeah. And- so oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Everyone in my practice works to point eight. So there are, um, when we're fully staffed, we're hiring a midwife right now. Um, but there are seven of us when we're fully staffed, all working a point eight. So the nice thing about that is we all have sort of an equal um, load, which is really valuable. Um, a four in a four-week schedule, we work four calls, four twenty-four-hour call shifts, and eight clinic days. Um, so it's not necessarily like two clinics in one call a week. Sometimes it's two calls in one clinic or three clinics in no call or, you know, so it, it really kind of varies, but in a four week schedule, it's eight clinics and four call shifts. Um, it's one weekend a month and the weekend is either Friday, Sunday or Saturday. So about every other month, I only work one Saturday, um, on a weekend which is also wonderful having come from a nursing background. Yeah. Um, And a typical clinic day is somewhere around 20 patients. You know, sometimes it's 15 or 17, sometimes it's 23 or 24, but it's um, typically right around 20 patients for clinic. Is it um, primarily OB? Do you have a good mix? We have a really good mix. I would say... On a normal day, I probably do 50-50 or maybe a little more OB than gyne, but mm-hmm. I do do a lot of gyne. You have a nice job. I love it. It's so perfect. Yeah. So how about your autonomy level? Um, and I know nothing about Minnesota's laws, so how that uh, um, impacts your practice and how yeah. your, your practice functions. Midwifery is, Minnesota is a very midwife-friendly state. Um, Midwives have autonomous practice in our state, um, so it's great. And I work with amazingly supportive docs. Um, Being a new grad, you know, I'm, we have a lot of high-risk patients. We do water birth. We are allowed to, I say allowed to, but we do Mm -hmm. keep our, um, GDM patients, even on insulin, um, we don't take, we don't manage like type two patients, but we do take GDM patients on insulin. We do Tolax. Um, so we do do some high risk, um, birth and like patients who are preeclamptic and needing mag. One of my great, um, 
examples of how fantastic my docs are is I had a patient who was needing Meg and some of my, some of my partners are okay with doing Meg and keeping patients and some aren't kind of the line that I've seen um, drawn in the sand is when patients start needing IV um, antihypertensives, then it's time mm -hmm. to transfer. But mm -hmm. if they're just needing Meg and not having severe range pressures um, beyond that, once the Meg is started, then some of my partners will keep them. And I, you know, being in the setting I'm in, I always have an in-house doc. So I'm okay with that. But I, you know, talked with my doc when my patient needed Meg and she said, you know, do you want to transfer? Do you want to keep her? And I said, you know, I'd like to keep her, but she needs Meg and I'm not super comfortable, but I want to learn. And she said, absolutely keep her, but call me with anything. Call me for any questions. You know, if you just want me to look at things, just whatever you need. Um, and so that is the kind of collaboration I have with my docs, which is fantastic. Yeah. I love that. Um, Cause they're, you know, they're totally willing to just help me learn and help me to be able to become more autonomous in those situations. Mm -hmm. But as a new grad, I just, you know, it's not super comfortable for me, but knowing that I always have their support and um, that they're always there and happy to help is really, in, you know, invaluable, really. Mm -hmm. That is really, really nice. So what should a new grad coming into your area of Minnesota expect that they might make in salary and then maybe include some benefits that might go along like CEUs, vacation time, things like that? Yeah, um, I would say, so I know several new grads in practice, so I would say average for a new grad is probably, if you're working 1.0, um, would, I would say probably right around 100,000 is pretty average. I know for me, I just have like a $3,000 a year budget to use okay. for CME, so um I don't know what other practices do, but um, I think that is pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, of course, I don't pay anything for insurance. I have great tail coverage, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, and I think, like, again, I think that most practices in Minnesota, it's the, the expectation um, because it's a great place to be a midwife. Yeah. So sounds I, like yeah, I think most most practices really do take care of their midwives that way. Yeah. Um, how about vacation and holidays and things? My in my practice, um, we work one holiday a year, except rotates like every three or four years. You have to work two holidays. Um, you don't get a holiday pay. You just it's just another day. Mm -hmm. um, but it's only you know one holiday a year, so. Um, and I, I know my holiday schedule, which was amazing to me, again, from coming from a nursing background, when they sent me the holiday schedule for like the next six years, I know when I'm working Christmas and when I'm working Fourth of July, you know, for every every year for the next six years. So it's pretty fantastic. Um, and vacation, I think a couple weeks. Honestly, I don't even know what I get. I had quite a bit of vacation that rolled over because I stayed with stayed with the same employer and just moved from a nursing position to a midwife position. Okay. So my vacation just rolled with me. Mm -hmm. um, so I just know I have a, a nice pot <laughs> sitting there. You yeah. know, it's hard when you, um, you know, because we have to cover for each other and um, we can we can use our PTO. I went to Germany for two weeks this summer. 
and my partner's, you know, no question covered for me. But when I came back, I had to do a lot of call. We can use PTO for clinic days, but not really for call shift. So I had a couple tough weeks of call when I got back, but it was worth it. Mm-hmm. So now that you've been practiced for almost a year, um, how would you say your answer to being a midwife has changed or deepened and how your experiences have impacted that? Yeah, I, you know, I knew sort of from a very young age, I knew the only thing I really wanted to do, I'm going to cry, <laughs> sorry, uh, was to be a mom. And I really see that as, you know, as a midwife, we get to mother the moms and sharing that, um, that thing that's so special to me, being a mom with other women and other families has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love watching partners watch the person that they love be so incredibly strong and do this absolutely amazing thing. Um, I think that's one of the coolest parts of my job. But um, I think it's really, you know, that motherhood is such a special and sacred thing. So I, I really value that and then I get to be a part of that every day. That was worth a cry. (laughs) I just read a quote the other day that said, motherhood is like the highest, best gift that you could ever have. And the second is becoming a midwife. And I was thinking, oh, my God, that's so true. For sure. And that's exactly what you just said. So through your long 18, 19-year journey, um. What quality do you feel that you have, and we're humble, so this might be hard to answer, um, that has made you get through this all, be successful, and what was one of your biggest challenges on your journey? Um, I think what helped me be successful was just sheer determination. Um really sort of picking apart every little step and, you know, getting sort of finding that path um, and, you know, making those little goals eventually added up to the big dreams. So um, finding what that first step needs to be is sometimes the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Once you once you figure that out, I actually I have I have a quote for you because I saw this the other day and I just like can't get it out of my head. Um, it's an Alfred D. Souza quote. I don't know who that is, but mm-hmm. he's, I think he's like a Catholic monk or something like that. Um, Happiness is a journey, not a destination. For a long time, it seemed to me that life was about to begin real life, but there was always some obstacle in the way, something to be gotten through. First, some unfinished business, time still to be served, a debt to be paid. At last, it dawned on me that these obstacles were my life. Yeah, that is so fitting for our conversation today. Yep. I love that. Well, yeah, so my follow-up question was, what is one of your biggest challenges? But Oh, yes. I feel like that was like every day. All of it. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, just... You know, the just the days when 
I really had to pull myself up by the bootstraps and pull out my computer and trudge through another PowerPoint when all I wanted to do was lay on my couch and sleep. <laughs> you know, um, the days when, you know, I got home from work, I had a crappy night at work, got home and didn't get to bed until 10 o'clock in the morning, but that alarm went off at two o'clock to get up to get some studying done before I had to go pick up the kids. And those days were hard, but, um, you know, being on the other side of it, it's all worth it. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't change any of it. I wouldn't change the long journey for sure. Yeah. It makes you who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm so thankful that I took the time to be there for my kids and to, um, that I didn't rush through things because I never would have, if I had gone straight to nursing school, if I hadn't gotten a, a teaching degree first, I never would have left behind my nursing salary to stay home when my kids were little. Mm-hmm. But my, you know, $25,000 a year teaching salary was pretty easy to make up by the time I stopped paying daycare and did some serving and bartending evenings and weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, so just that first, you know, every every piece of my journey has just fallen into place exactly the way that it should have. And I think having that faith that, that it will all work out the way that it's supposed to and you'll end up where you need to be, even if it takes a long time. Yeah. Well, I loved hearing your journey. Every time I've done this, I'm like, just so renewed and rejuvenated and I hope people listening and thinking about being a midwife get the same out of it as I do I mean I'm I feel selfish because I get to hear all the stories and I really really like it and I loved hearing your story there was so much depth to that so much mominess so much I mean I'm just I'm like my heart is full I loved your story thank Thank you for sharing I love my story too I think it's pretty awesome yeah That is so good. Well, thank you for interviewing with me today. Thank you. Andrea had such a great journey to share. She chose being present as a mother to her children for many years before following her second dream job of becoming a midwife. Her kids are grown, but she's still getting the joy of mothering the mothers. I think the takeaway from this journey is that sometimes the right answer is to wait. Midwives will always be needed, and putting your family first might be the right choice. If you would like to interview with me or know any midwife who does, you can find me at journeytomidwiferypodcast at gmail.com or Facebook and Instagram as midwife.mommy. Until next time, friends.